amen. We're coming out of the gate with energy and inspiration and passion. We are rising today in truth and in power. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Does anybody today have the truth of God? That's a reason to worship him. Does anybody have the Holy Ghost here today? Hallelujah. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. Let's clap our hands like we really mean it this morning. so very good to us hallelujah amen we will be spending some time at the end of this service calling on the name of the Lord for those who are in need and today's message is pretty much directed toward that moment and then at the conclusion of the service we are going to baptize Philip this morning praise God hallelujah and we're also going to baptize Lindsay as well. So this morning we're baptizing two people at the conclusion of service. Hallelujah. I can't tell you how amazed I am uh, listening to Philip uh, talk about his past and experience that he has had and not knowing kind of how to put that all together, but somebody invited him to the house of God and on his own research and cognizance for the first time he came to this place and I don't know that he's missed a service since then and uh, brother Raymond Andreas has been spending time with him as well as so many of you others who have who have made an effort to make sure that he has felt welcome and we're gonna baptize him in Jesus name he's received the Holy Ghost hallelujah but we're going to call a name that's above every name over him this morning so Great, exciting things happening in the house of God today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 4, verse 25. Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 25. 25 and 26. Verse 25, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth for God said she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. I want to speak this morning about the call of the enlightened. The call of the enlightened. Lord, we thank you and praise you and ask that you would direct us today as we focus in, on your word. And we ask for your strength and your ability and your anointing. We ask these things in your great name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. you. can be seated. We have two special guests with us. I'm not sure if this is their first time. Their second time. It's their second time. Phoenix and Jensen Grogan, twins. Really small twins. Look at them there. Wow. Praise God. <laughs> That's very, very exciting. And uh, they have been in the hospital. They were preemies. You prayed for them. And uh, they are with us in the sanctuary. They are healthy. And we appreciate that. Amen. So God is very, very good to us. 
Hallelujah. So we welcome them to the house of God today, even though they don't know what in the world's going on, but their parents do. So that's what matters. <laughs> Amen. The call of the enlightened in this passage, it's the first occurrence, the first occurrence of a well-known clause that happens all throughout the scripture. And I think today it's poignant uh, to join with that cause and to involve ourselves in the practice of doing what others have done. From the very beginning in Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 25, we see some of a, a degradation, a difficulty after the fall. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't realize it, we live in a fallen world, a fallen world, a fragile world. The ramifications of decisions that were made from the very beginning has produced a world that is fragile. And that also speaks to us about our own need for a living God, a God that is able to walk through us through every stage of life, every difficulty of life, for those things will come. And not but just a few chapters after that fall, we see that there is the story of Cain and Abel. Cain kills his brother Abel. Another son is born by the name of Seth. And in the midst of that difficulty, there is a calling on the name of the Lord. This has been associated and connected to the line of Seth, who seems to be a generation, a young man that is concerned about living for God, a young man that is calling on the name of the Lord. This stands in juxtaposition over against Lamech, which happens in the same chapter. Right before this occurrence, Lamech in chapter 4 and verse 23 says to his wives, he is boasting to his wives, Ada and Zillah, and he says, listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me a young man who wounded me, and if someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished 77 times. There is a reason probably why Jesus speaks of forgiving your brother 70 times seven. It goes back and it echoes these words of Lamech who said, I'll take control. And I will take vengeance and I will punish. I'll handle it myself and everyone else around me had better watch out. This comes from a secular position. It's not a God-favored position. It's not a God-blessed position. But it comes outside of the ramification of God that I don't need God. I've cast God off. I'm going to do things myself. I can testify to you and tell you from my own experience when I try to to do things myself and I try to control things, I typically make a mess of what I'm doing. I'm also thankful in the house of God today that I know that there is a God that is the spirit of truth that directs me. His word says that he is wonderful counselor, the mighty God. I need counsel. I need direction. I need to operate off of his strength. I need to be like David that says to Goliath, you come to me with sword and spear and stave, but I come to you in the name of the Lord.
sword. I know how to sling a stone. I've got the ability and the strategy, but I'm not walking out here on my own. I've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that's walking with me. I'll face any giant. I'll face any sea. I'll face any wall that stands in the way because the Lord mighty in battle is on my side. We need to thank God that God is with us no matter what we face or what we go through. I don't want to cast off the works of God. I don't want to cast off the spirit of God, but I want the anointing of God to walk with me. So you have some that are calling on the name of the Lord and you have some that are wanting to handle things on their own. This expression, this call of the enlightened, and this is the way that I want to call it this morning. For those of us that are in the house of God today, we are enlightened because we recognize when we call on the name of the Lord, his presence is there. Maybe you're here and you have not called on the name of the Lord. I'm here to encourage you. <laughs> I'm here to challenge you. Get God in the midst of your situation and in your life because when God is there, great things can take place. It doesn't mean that everything goes smoothly. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be corrected. It doesn't mean that all the problems are going to be solved. If anybody tells you that, they're telling you the wrong information because there's still going to be difficulties. We're in a fallen world. Life is not easy. Healing is hard work, but it's a whole lot easier to walk with God instead of, instead of operating out of some addiction somewhere, strung out on something somewhere. It's a whole lot easier to say, I want to be empowered by the presence and the spirit of God rather than something that is going to drive me to the very, very bottom of my earthly existence. God, can you elevate me? God, can you strengthen me? If I can simply call on your name, I know that you'll be there because you're a God that promises and you are true to your promises. Hallelujah. I think it would be good if we called on the name of the Lord right now. Amen. In this building, there are, there are situations represented by every individual here today. Hallelujah. What are we coming here today? Just to go through the motions? Or did we come to the house of God today to call on the name of the Lord? Hallelujah. The call of the enlightened. Mm, when I get in trouble, I'm not calling on my neighbor. I might, depending on what trouble it is, but there's some trouble my neighbor can help me with, but God can. <laughs> Hallelujah. When my back is against the wall and I don't know which way to turn, I'm going to be the one that is enlightened because I know from whom my help comes. Hallelujah. There were those that said, we'll fight again because the God of the hills came. But if they're in the valley, then the God of the valley won't protect them. Well, praise God, ladies and gentlemen. God has worked with me on the hilltop, but he's also been with me when I've been in the valley. As a matter of fact, he's been with me when I've been in the desert. As a matter of fact, when drought and difficulty comes, God provides. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Mm, this expression becomes a verbal expression with a connection to altar and worship. Here we have in this passage of scripture the dysfunction of Cain and Abel and the tragedy of the fall and Lamech. But somewhere there's a glimmer of hope because somebody has been enlightened enough to say, you can call on whatever you want to call on, but I'm calling on the name 
of the Lord. It's a common theme that starts running through the scripture. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 8, when Abraham enters into Canaan and he receives the promise of inheritance, you know what he does? That's a profound moment in his life. Remember, he's walked away from everything, all the connections, the Ur of the Chaldees, an urban city, civilization, everything. He's walked away from all of that with a faith in God that God is calling him to do great things into a land that he does not even know. And when God tells him, your descendants are going to be great, he finds a mountain east of Bethel, and he pitches his tent, and he builds an altar unto the Lord. And the scripture says that he called upon the name of the Lord. Why, why would he do something like that? Why would he do something like that? Why would he set up an altar and a monument and call on the name of the Lord? The reason why he's doing that is because he is invoking the presence of of the Lord. This is one of the reasons why I will not take the name of the Lord God in vain. Mm, because I recognize the value of it. Abraham said, I'm going to build an altar and I'm going to call on the name of the Lord because I want to invoke his presence in the midst of the promise, in the midst of my life, in the midst of me journeying from where I was most comfortable. Sometimes God pushes us out of our comfort zone. Hey, if you're sitting in a comfort zone and you're real, real comfortable, that, that's probably about the time God's going to start nudging you to expand your your borders and your boundaries because God is all about growing us and discipling us and moving us. You need to find somebody and give them a Bible study. You need to latch on to somebody and be a help to them. You need to latch on to somebody and be an encouragement to them. You need to work for the unity of the church and revival because God wants to grow you and expand you. Well, I thought I, I thought I had reached everything that I needed to reach. No, God's got something great for you. Hallelujah. The moment I feel like everything is comfortable and fine is the moment that God starts pushing me to greater heights and greater things. The same thing is true individually and it's the same thing for a church. We ever get comfortable because we've got buildings and this and that. We have sorely missed what God intends for us. We should always be driving forward for revival. I want to baptize somebody in Jesus' name. Don't let the waters dry up. Don't let the altar dry up. Let the Holy Ghost be poured out in the life of somebody. Amen. He invokes the presence of God in the midst of where he is, his life situation. This was not just calling out a name. You can call out a name, but if there's no connection and relationship to the name, you're just calling out a name. Amen. Abraham wasn't just calling out a name. There was a relationship with the one on whom he was calling. It was proclaiming the character of God as a way of drawing attention to worship. God promised something. Now adversity is coming. Abraham said, I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. God promised it. I know I'm not immune to understanding that whenever God promises something, the enemy is always going to be there to try to sabotage it. 
Mm, listen, you're making good steps. You hear me. I'm preaching right now. You're making good steps and you're making some progress. The minute you take one step forward, all hell's going to break loose. You need to recognize and understand that and say, I don't care what hell says. I'm trusting in God. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk through the wilderness because God's got a promised land promised to me. And when everybody has their opinions and everybody wants to come out and fight and battle, I'm going to trust in God in the midst of all of this because God is a God that works miracles. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm declaring it today. I'm speaking into somebody's heart and life. You're making some changes and they're big changes. As a matter of fact, when everybody basically threw up their hands and said, we don't know what else to do but pray for you, God works a miracle. The fact that you're even in this building here today is miraculous. You can't tell me God doesn't do signs, miracles, and wonders. I don't believe that because I'm looking out at individuals today and everybody's hands have been off. But God said, you watch, I'll come through, I'll perform a miracle, I'll penetrate where nobody can. I'll absorb the hurt that nobody can. I'll make things right when nobody else can. And you are a miracle. And the moment, and the moment things start taking place. Amen. There's going to be a fight and a battle. But you got to get something down on the inside of you. Intestinal fortitude that says, I want to live for God and I know that God's got great things. I have any, we, we have not even reached the place that God has prepared for us, even from the very beginning of things. You got to get that Egyptian mentality out of your mind and say, okay, I'm, I'm coming out of the wilderness. <laughs> I've been in the wilderness for 40 years wandering around. I'm ready to cross over the Jordan. Well, on the other side of the Jordan, there's enemies and there's giants and there's the walls of Jericho and there's difficulties. But hey, who's leading you and who's walking with you? God is. And God is made a promise to you. I want his presence in the midst. This was a generational thing. Abraham did that. And then when Abraham died, the Philistines buried every single one of his wells. Isaac is his son. What does he have to do? He has to go back and dig again the wells that his father had digged. And when he did it, he built an altar, and guess what he did? <laughs> he called on the name of the Lord. I'm reminded of Elijah and Elisha. Elisha says, I want a double portion. Elijah's taken his mantle, floats down. Elisha picks that up. Now he's going to have to do something with it, right? So he walks back to that river. He saw Elijah cross the river by smiting the river with the manual. Now he's got it in his hand. He's got it in his hand. This is a new generation. He's a descendant of Abraham that invoked the name of the Lord and built an altar. And here he is. Isaac is invoking the name of the Lord. Elisha comes to the river. <laughs> He's going to do the same thing. They're not in here today, but it's probably good for all of us to hear. You can't live off of prior generations. You got to get it for yourself. 
You got to get it for yourself. My grandmother, nobody, 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 nobody could pray like my grandmother. She prayed hours a day. I played, I, I played Tonka trucks and Hot Wheel cars around her feet, and that had a profound impact in my life. I rebelled against it in my teenage years. My mother's been a, a woman of faith. That's a generation, a generation, a generation. I've, I've got a rich heritage of individuals that have found it better to call on the name of the Lord to, than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'm very thankful for that. But at some point, I can't live off of grandmother's prayers and my mother's prayers. It's got to be something that I make for a determination myself. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. There's, there's no better servitude that can take place. Hallelujah. And, and the Lord proclaims himself and he he comes into the midst this continues Moses when he is finding himself in great difficulties the people of Israel have worshiped a golden calf and Moses is called again back up into the mountain Moses is so frustrated he throws down the tablets that are written by God and God calls him back up into the mountains and and there God declares his qualities the Lord descends in a cloud and he stands there and he, he proclaims the name of the Lord. And the Lord passes by. Listen to what the Lord says. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. Everyone say merciful and gracious. Hallelujah. This is the name of the Lord. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. This is the Lord declaring himself, declaring himself. Hey, I want the Lord that's merciful and gracious. <laughs> I want the Lord that is long-suffering. I want the Lord that is abundant in goodness and truth. I want the Lord that is keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's the Lord I want called, invoked into my world. I need his mercy. I need his long suffering. He could have cut me loose a long time ago, but I'm still in the house of God because of his mercy. Amen. He declares himself. Elijah declares the name of the Lord when he's faced with the prophets of Baal. He said, you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and we'll let the God who answers by fire, we'll let him be God. And Elijah declares, he declares the name of the Lord. I'm talking about the call of the enlightened. Who do you call on when you're in trouble? Who do you turn to when difficulty comes? Hallelujah. The enlightened call on the name of the Lord. The psalmist said, I will offer to thee sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call on the name of the Lord. Zephaniah, when Israel walked away from their calling and there was disunity and difficulty, Zephaniah penned, for then will I turn to the people of a pure language that they may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. The psalmist said, then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech you, deliver my soul. Psalm 50 and verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. 
I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. This is a cry of proclamation. This is calling on the name of the Lord, which equals a simple invocation, a cry for help to full-fledged worship. He's a God that delivers out of every trouble when I call on his name. Something. Something happens when I call on that name. Hallelujah. Something takes place when I call on that name. Whatever you came to with to the house of God with today, you simply need to give a simple invocation. I'm going to call on the name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, it was descriptive of God's character. They didn't even have a name. They didn't even have a name. Even the prophets, when they prophesied, Prophesied, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But there was no representation of his name. Hallelujah. But there came one day in which a name was given. His name shall be Emmanuel, which is God with us. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess. I think it would be good today to invoke the name that is above every name. That name, that name becomes a catalyst for empowerment. That name does. Joel chapter 2 and verse 32 against that terrible day of judgment. Joel said, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, delivered. And the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. There may be only a remnant. As a matter of fact, that's another thing. And we don't have time to go through that thing. But God doesn't work in big numbers. He works in minorities. Praise God. Be careful that you don't go along with the majority and forget that God always works with the minority, there's always a remnant. There's always a people of God that live for God no matter what. And he takes the small numbers and he magnifies them. Hallelujah. There's a remnant. The remnant that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. I want to reach everybody that I can, but I understand and recognize not everybody is going to answer the call. But, oh, thank God that there's some people here in the house of God. We may be few when you consider the population of this whole city. We need to keep reaching for all that we can. But let us just take a moment to recognize and reflect upon the fact that we may be small in number, but God is great with us, and we're people of the name. That is a blessed position. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 15, on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, These are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out of my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Mm, and then he says at the end of that passage, this is Peter speaking, he said, and it shall come to pass 
that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Does that mean just invoking his name? Yes, it does. It means calling on the name of the Lord, inviting his presence. But it also means invoking the name, that name over yourself in baptism because salvation is connected to that name. Baptism is not a tradition. It is a part of salvation. Peter said in this message, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you call on the name of the Lord, a new thing takes place. Things come together and the church continues to call on that name. Paul, when he's testifying, said Ananias instructed me and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. Call on the name of the Lord. This is why we call on the name of the Lord when we baptize in a name that's above every name. Brother Colby, come on. This is why we speak the name when we pray for individuals because power is connected to that name. He cannot be disconnected from his name. For those who are enlightened, his power is there. His anointing is there. His presence is there. Whatever you've come to today, you need to call on the name of the Lord and say, God, you see the situation? Season it with a name that is above every name. Let your virtue flow to that situation because your name is powerful. Your name is great. Your name is insurmountable. We are the people who have been enlightened by his name. God, his name, his name. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place here today. His name. It may be a remnant. It may be a few, but the few are shouting out to the many. Hallelujah. Maybe this is what you need to search for. Maybe this is what God is calling you to. Maybe you need to invoke his name and let his presence come and dwell. Hallelujah. In your situation. Praise God, this early church that Paul is writing to, Corinth, in Athens, a city that is full of turmoil and confusion, he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse 2, and he says, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all, everyone say all, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord both theirs and ours thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus the bottom line here today is the answer to our dilemma of the fall and corruption is to call on the name of the Lord there's Lamech's way or there's a way of calling on God they are opposites today we have the opportunity to invoke the name that's above every name. The most natural thing in the garden was to run to God and run alongside God. After the fall, the natural thing to do was to run away from God. Calling on the name of the Lord is running back to him so that he walks with us where we are. This is the core of what worship is all about. This is the essence of what we do when we go to God in the midst of life. Amen. You call on God through life. You don't concentrate on God and leave life behind, but you call God into, into life. And the main reason that people do not worship God is because they're impressed with other things. Many times it's the wrong things. They become distracted.
But when you are impacted, when you are impacted by the presence of the Holy Ghost in the midst of real life, worship starts to spring up. And, and there's a move and there's a power that is associated. Blind Bartimaeus was not going to let anybody stop him. Amen. He had a need in life that said, if I can just get close to Jesus Christ, the son of David, I shall be made whole. He shouted the louder because he wanted God in the midst of his circumstance. He had never experienced anything but his blindness. Amen. But when the light of the world is passing by, you have to seize upon the opportunity. Seize upon the opportunity and say, here's an opportunity for me to speak the name of God and maybe it will transform and change my situation if it doesn't transform and change my situation it will transform and change me <laughs> it'll change me because when I lift God up God's presence and anointing it touches and it moves and it shapes everything that invokes and calls upon that name we need to stand to our feet today in the house of God and make a declaration today I'm going to call on the name of the Lord I'm going to to worship him I'm going to speak the man of the Gadarenes is so full of so many devils that they're called legion his name is identified by that praise God but when Jesus steps on the shore he runs and kneels And he says, Son of God, what have you to do with me? Even in his depressed state, there's still enough hope and light in his world to call upon the name, even when it looks so bleak and dim. Amen. He still has the ability and the capacity to speak the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Today is an altar call and an opportunity to bring whatever situation that you've got in life. We need to pray for Haley Mercer, who's had one surgery that was able to stop one of the bleeds, but there's still two others that they're hoping that somehow just close off on their own. And that's what we're going to pray because we know that God's a miracle working God. Amen. God's going to get the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's going to get the glory. Praise God. There may be other situations that are pertinent. Hallelujah. There's a myriad of things. She needs healing in her life. The Shockley family, Greg family, the Doty family, everybody connected. They need comfort and strength. Praise God. In a moment of difficulty, when a life passes away, you can, <laughs> you, can, you can do something that is so profound and powerful. You can invoke the name of the Lord and call on the name of the Lord. Amen. I've, I've preached to some of you that are in this place today. You're on the right trajectory trajectory you're moving in the right direction you know what you need to do we don't build altars anymore with physical stones and we don't put a sacrifice on it but we still do we still do in a symbolic way we still do call on the name of the lord oh yes we do symbolically lord i'm i'm planting some stones here i want your presence here and in the midst of of what we're doing i want your presence in the midst of a hospital room somewhere come on hallelujah let's step out today and and take an opportunity in the house of god to invoke the name of the lord to call on the name of the lord to invite the name of the lord to be right in the midst of where we are his presence and his anointing i thank you lord 
Hallelujah. I want you to be in the midst of my calling. I want you to be in the midst of, of, of my season of being unsettled. I want you in the midst, Lord, in my troubles. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus, and worship you. I honor you. God may be doing great things in your life. God may be moving you out in situations in your life. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name.